Hey there and a very warm welcome to Bergos Now. My name is Aurelia Rauch and as every Friday, I am welcoming a guest today. And today it is our Chief Investment Officer, Till Christian Budelmann. Hi, Till. Hi, Aurelia. I'm particularly glad to see you because the markets are going a little bit crazy. What is going on? Yeah, January was indeed nerve-wracking for investors. Mm -hmm. um, volatility soared and equity markets suffered heavy losses in some cases. However, it's important as always, to look beneath the surface of the market because the equity market as a whole was not sold. There were, in fact, winners, mm -hmm. um, but higher-valued stocks, as measured, by example, by the P.E. ratio, price-earnings ratio, fell harder on average. High-valuation growth stocks, such as specific uh, tech stocks with lots of fantasy, were sold the most. And a renewed rotation, this time into value stocks, was clearly evident. But there, as I said, there were also winners. Uh, winners included, for example, the energy sector, which gained quite a lot on the month. Yeah. And in terms of regions, I think that is important to highlight U.S. equities underperformed global markets um, for the first time in a long time. Okay. Till I have three questions. Um, sorry, may I just sort of throw them at you? Yeah, go uh, ahead. The first one that sort of forces itself is what was the reason for all that stress? Is is there one? Can we see one? And then right after that following, what does it mean for equity? What does it mean for the stock market as a whole? And what risks do you see, especially now at the beginning of 2022? How will the year unfold? Are there new risks, other risks? Those are my three questions. Yeah. Thank you for these three questions. You, you have to give me a little bit time now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, let me start um, with regard to the trigger mm -hmm. of the turbul turbulences. I think it's pretty clear. The U.S. Federal Reserve was the main cause for the market stress. It had clearly signaled that it will actively counter the high rate of inflation and more quickly change course in the direction of a more restrictive monetary policy. And we at Bergos expect the first interest rate hike in March, followed in all likelihood by several small steps in the remainder of the year. And with that in mind, and coming to, to the second part of your question, or your second question, it could be a turbulent year for investors. Client advisors should make sure um, their clients truly have the risk appetite for stock-heavy portfolios. In this regard, January was a good test. This is not to say that we should advise against equities. On, on the contrary, if you want some kind of return in a liquid investment portfolio, you have to include equities. You know I've been saying this for years and I stick with it. And we believe we have entered a new bull market after the crash triggered by the coronavirus in the spring of 2020. And the latest correction is a result of a valuation adjustment due to the fact that many stocks had simply risen too far. Okay. Future corporate earnings must now be discounted at a higher rate. And this is why, for example, growth stocks in particular underwent a valuation adjustment. Mm -hmm. But we see good reasons to think that the worst may already be behind us. For example, the sentiment of individual investors is more pessimistic than at any time since 2013. And this obviously includes the COVID mm -hmm. um, stress. And we consider that as a good sign. 
history shows that the more pessimistic the sentiment, the better the performance in the subsequent weeks and months. And the average positioning in other strategies, for example, systematic strategies, uh, points in the same direction. And another argument in favor of equities, and uh, we have spoken about this in this format many times, but let me repeat, it's the yield gap, mm -hmm. which refers to the gap between the earnings yield of equities and the yield of 10-year government bonds. And rising corporate earnings over the last couple of weeks and falling share prices have pushed this earnings yield so significantly that the yield gap has actually widened despite the recent noticeable rise in bond yields. So that the relative attractiveness of equities over bonds is still well above the long-term average. Mm -hmm. And then coming to the last um, question you uh, asked me, yeah, among the risks that could threaten the positive performance of equities, we have to cite um, a possible war in Ukraine. Sure. And, and then again, inflation numbers. Um, if they exceed the already high expectations of market participants, that could be a problem. But for example, we at Bergos expect up to 5% inflation in the United States uh, in 2022. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this uh, should be priced in by now. Mm -hmm. Till you mentioned at the beginning that one always has to consider what lies underneath the surface. So what does lie there? Yeah, in terms of regions, we still see the greatest upside potential in the United States, despite the relative weakness that I mentioned earlier. And we also like Japan. As in the U.S., particularly high earnings growth is expected here. So we at Bergos continue to overweight both these markets. And coming to sectors, you know, we downgraded U.S. consumer cyclicals at the end of last year. And we now used the sharp declines in January as an occasion to build up positions in this sector again. And given the overbought technical picture and a good start to the reporting season, especially with regard to the um, U.S. consumers, the U.S. Uh, cyclicals within the consumer sector, we see potential for earnings revisions and in that case even a valuation expansion um, in this area. Mm -hmm. And what about bonds? Yeah, high inflation rates and the expectation of a more restrictive Fed policy have also created turmoil in the bond markets, no question about it. And all things considered, we think it is advisable to underweight this asset class. The yields of bonds have recently moved much higher and our extremely short duration in the US has paid off and we are sticking with this strategy because we expect bond yields to rise further. However, we do not expect them to rise all too far but the yields of 10-year U.S. Treasuries, which have risen from 1.1 to 1.9% over the last 12 months, are likely to exceed the 2% mark. Mm -hmm. And I'm continuing because, you know, an often discussed um, safe haven investment is gold. What about gold? Absolutely. Gold is, is crucial in the multi-asset context. But um, despite the high level of uncertainty in the markets, uh, gold is not up here to date, mm -hmm. at least not by a lot uh, as of this uh, taping. 
and uh, gold probably cannot be expected to rally in the near term. Um, the price of gold is still caught between rising nominal yields and rising inflation rates. So from a fundamental uh, perspective, there are no clear drivers. Also in terms of chart technical analysis, gold is stuck within its trading range of 1,700 to 1,900 US dollars per ounce. Nevertheless, we still consider gold to be a good natural hedge in the overall portfolio context. Okay. Yeah, you heard me say this many times, but it's simply an insurance that something goes terribly wrong. Right. Okay, Till, you're looking at me like it's time for a conclusion. Can you give me some kind of summary of the... Above? I will, and at the end I have some extra information. Uh-oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's start... Let's start with a summary. Um, many investors were unsettled by the development of markets in January. Mm, yeah, of course. And they, they should brace themselves for repeated phases of turbulence uh, in the rest of the year. Uh, but on balance, at this point of time, we are rather optimistic. We believe that equity prices will close the year at a higher level than today. Mm. This long-term expectation is based on the following considerations, the global economy is growing at least at the trend rate, corporate earnings growth is positive, investor sentiment as laid out um, is rather pessimistic, and remember sentiment is a contrarian indicator, mm -hmm. and last but not least, there is still no real alternative to equities as a source of return in the liquid multi-asset portfolio. Mm -hmm. But over the next couple of weeks, we expect a period of consolidation and not a large and sustained equity market decline, which so many other strategists seem to anticipate. And from a regional point of view, as I said, we still prefer U.S. equities, and despite its um, recent relative weakness. And short durations in bonds can protect against the steep losses that could result from f a further rise in yields. And the market behavior in January already suggests, as I said, that 2022 will not be an easy year. Investors will need strong nerves and active portfolio management is especially important in the current environment. And by that, I don't mean hectic buying and selling. I mean the courage of conviction to seize regional and sectoral opportunities as they arise. And now, one last point, one last topic <laughs> Okay. Um, before I leave you for today. Yeah, a couple of words about the so-called Super Bowl indicator. You know, <laughs> yes. the Super Bowl um, will take place on Sunday. Yeah. And it's not a secret that I'm following the NFL closely. Mm -hmm. And probably uh, that's the reason why colleagues, clients, and even the media asks, you know, always ask me uh, about this yeah, non-scientific stock market uh, uh, barometer, uh, uh, the, yeah, as I said, the Super Bowl indicator. Yeah, for you all, uh, the Super Bowl indicator is the theory that a Super Bowl win for a team from the National Football League's American Football Conference, the AFC, yeah. foretells a decline in the stock market in the <laughs> upcoming year and conversely a win for a team from the National Football Conference, NFC, 
uh, in the Super Bowl means that the stock market will rise in the coming year. Huh. And here is now our official view at Bergos <laughs> as a means of predicting the stock market, the Super Bowl indicator is completely irrelevant. <laughs> There's no reason to believe that the winner of a football game dictates the performance of the stock market. So to all you Bengals fans out there, I know the Cincinnati Bengals are an AFC team, but you can root for your team and you don't have to feel bad because of a potential bear market in 2022. <laughs> Thank you so much. That is an unexpected and indeed enlightening turn of, uh, you know, storytelling It's here. important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Super Bowl time. It is Super Bowl time indeed. Hey, thank you so much for, you know, all of the set today. Thank you. And we thank you, as always, so much for listening. We hope you will enjoy the weekend ahead. Super Bowl fan or not, I'm sure it will be worth watching. Um, and maybe, you know, we have all learned a little bit more about it today. And before I let you go, Till, let me just very quickly point to your market commentary, which was also published this week. So this has been, you know, a week of a lot of explanations. I don't think the Super Bowl is mentioned in that one, but... It's not mentioned. Not mentioned. That's the reason why you have to listen to Bergos <laughs> now. now. Yeah, still things that you will only learn in this format. Um, you can find Till's market commentary on our now new website, www.bergos.ch, under market commentary and CIO perspectives, or you just go to www.bergos.ch slash Till Budelmann. Many ways to find Till. We will be sure that you find the market commentary. Um, and other than that, nothing left for me to say but to wish you a beautiful weekend. Super Bowl fan or not, I'm sure that this Sunday will bring some interesting watching material. We're looking forward to next Friday when we're back with more from Bergers Now. Until then, bye-bye. <laughs>